Hello and welcome to episode number 260 of the Super Horror Bros podcast. I'm your host Matt and joining me as always is my brother Mike. Hello. How's it going? Pretty good. Excited to uh, cap off the trilogy. Yes, this is pretty great. Uh, We've kind of been putting this off for, what was it, three weeks while we're at the cinema? Um, Yeah which was very nice indeed but yeah we're back to finish the trilogy of course by now you should have hopefully listened to the first two parts we did on fear street um obviously the uh the whole trilogy has been available for a few weeks now on netflix and in terms of not not watching it like i haven't watched it until we were going to do it for the podcast so it was fresh so yeah it's been a been a tough few weeks seeing it there and kind of wanting to watch it yeah exactly and it, i was actually thankful this time that they showed quite a lot of flashbacks and there was kind of like yeah. a recap at the start because i was like yeah it's nice like i do know what's going on but it is nice to just see that refresher um mm. but yeah the conclusion we will get to shortly um and we'll also be talking a little bit tv later on um with that american horror stories so stay tuned for that one as well um but first a little bit of news here um we're going to kick things off with some netflix news um we're going to start with the bad news um and then we'll get to the good news um so the bad news is involving stranger things um unfortunately it has happened um i have been team 2021 the entire time and sadly that is not the case um of course we're talking about season four of stranger things um much kind of speculation about when this is going to drop um and apparently they are still filming it right now um because obviously it's been stopped and and halted multiple times. Um, But all they've said recently, so they released a small teaser and then they said that it will return in 2022, Um, which is obviously disappointing first and foremost, because we're only in August right now. Um, And also, so season three ended or or aired in July uh, 2019. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's already been two years at this point. And my God, Mm -hmm. does it feel it? I really, really miss this show a lot um and yeah i've i've been saying the whole time that i thought it would be november slash december um going off the back of my prediction i thought it would be set around those holidays between thanksgiving and christmas um i it would surprise me now if that was the case because you know if this comes out in let's just say april next year they could still set it at that time and it wouldn't really make too much of a difference um and and, you know it'd give them like a three or four months to get that polish and obviously if they're still filming this is clearly nowhere done because obviously they need to do post-production because there's a hell of a lot of like special effects and stuff with stranger things um but yeah they released a small teaser as well that was again mostly old footage which kind of shows you i think where they're at right now that they couldn't even release like a full teaser of new stuff um but yeah what what do you make of this whole news um it is what it is like Mm. i i'm i'm super pumped for stranger things i want to see it asap but um i think delay well not even delays like just just the if stuff takes a little bit of time to get made because it's um gonna be great i don't have a problem with it i think kind of in the world where we've been sitting here waiting for quiet places and candy mans that we know have been complete over 12 months like mm. this isn't complete and so take your time make it good yeah for sure um, um, i, I want to yeah. see it as soon as possible but you know as yeah, long this... as it's good is the main thing, you know. If if they were like, "Oh, Stranger Things is done, but you can't watch it yet," <laughs> that you know that that would be what pisses me off. Yeah, that is what's surprising. Like I say, is that they haven't even said that it's it's finished filming yet. So um, mm. I am curious when that will happen. Um, but yeah, I, the second this gets a date, I'm definitely going to start rewatching it because like it feels like it's been a long time, um, and I'm really looking forward to watching it all again. Especially the last season, I've only obviously seen once when it aired. So. Yeah, um, same. 
yeah definitely need a rewatch like say once mm-hmm. they announce the date um but moving on to better news in fact um we got a hell of a lot of uh, information regarding mike flanagan's next project um mm-hmm. so time to get very excited because yeah we've known about midnight mass for a very long time now um of course this is a netflix produced tv series um in the similar vein to the haunting of hill house um this is created by mike flanagan this is a original concept it's worth noting um Mm -hmm. obviously we've discussed in the news like the midnight club which is also going to be a netflix tv series that he is doing it's based upon a book as well as other projects not confusing at all yeah yeah, exactly as well as obviously dr sleep and you know all of his uh, amazing adaptations whereas Mm -hmm. this is straight up an original concept from the man um and he, yeah he is directing all of the episodes as well which is again worth noting noting the last time we had that was haunting the Hillhouse, whereas bly manor he only directed mm-hmm. the one episode um i believe this is yes yeah, seven episodes um which is good i think because it is less than the kind of two seasons of um of haunting off the top of my head was it 10 episodes and then nine episodes i think i think so either that or 10 and 8 i can't remember now. yeah so it's definitely he's you know they're getting tighter which i think is mm. a good thing overall um and then yeah most notably we got the first teaser and we got the release date um so yeah first of all the release date uh september 24th um which is yeah it was already on my calendar because it's the release date of death stranding director's cut so i just have all the more reason to look forward to this date now um which is yeah, only six weeks away. Cannot wait for this. Um, as well as the first teaser. Um, what what did you make of that teaser? Um, I to be honest, I just um, need to see it. And I think what the mm. teaser did was a great job of not spoiling things for me. Um, but I think like opposite end of the scale to Edgar Wright with his trailer. Mm. That trailer kind of gave me a, gave me a real good sense of tone and what the movie was going to kind of feel like to watch. I didn't really get much from this trailer, and I don't know whether it was because I just didn't really want to look at it. Yeah. And so I just was kind of <laughs> like, okay, sure. I, I, I'm glad it didn't spoil anything. I'm never going to watch this again because I'll watch it the second it drops on Netflix. I don't – yeah, do you know what I mean? And it was weird, mm. and, I, and I think kind of – yeah if if i was not hyped for this i don't think the trailer would have got me hyped like the trailer pretty much did nothing for me but Mm. for me that kind of was a good thing because i didn't want it to spoil things (laughs) yeah if that makes any sense i'm i'm really similar but then and then disagree on some things as well where i'm with you that like i went in and i i feel like i was half watching it as well because of that fear that you mentioned of like oh i'm excited for this but also i don't really want to know anything um Mm. But on the other side of it, I did really like this because, yeah, this is six weeks out from something that we know were me. Like, yeah, this doesn't do a good job of of hooking in new viewers or anything like that. But for the fact that it was so short and it didn't go into plot or anything, like say it it did give me those vibes where it was just like and again, it's not the same because I, I could tell you more about what that trailer told me about that movie in terms of time, whereas this did feel a little bit disjointed, um, obviously because it's a TV show as well. So this is a lot more, this is a minute teaser for what is probably six to seven hours of mm. content. Um, and so you, you know, you can pick and choose different scenes and really not get a sense of what is going on, which again, I liked cause I don't want to be spoiled. Um, but yeah, I couldn't be more excited for this. Like you say, like the last time Flanagan was this involved in a TV show, he made one of the best TV shows ever made. Um, mm-hmm. and so I can't be more excited for this. Um, we did have a quick note as well from the great man himself, uh, Mr. Flanagan, um, who said, 
Uh, I'm just going to admit it. Midnight Mass is my favorite project so far. Um, as a former altar boy about to celebrate three years of sobriety, it is not hard to see what makes this so personal. The ideas at the root of this show scare me to my core. There is darkness at work on Crockett Island. Some of it is supernatural, but the scariest is born of human nature. The darkness that animates the story isn't hard to see in our own world, unfortunately. Uh, but this show is about something else as well. Faith itself. Uh, one of the great mysteries of human nature, how even even in the darkness, in the worst of it, in the absence of light and hope, we sing. Uh, I hope we hope you enjoy our song. Um, so I really like that because I do think that that did it. That was a really nice kind of accompaniment to this trailer, mm-hmm. um, and and yeah, it does give you a sense of like oh, okay. And I do think I I'm totally with Mike here in terms of like the idea of faith. I think in genre is so fascinating to me, and I I you have to not mix that with religion too much because. I've been very critical in the past of like, there's a reason why something like The Exorcist, for example, just does nothing for me um, because I don't like overtly religious tropes in my horror films. But I do think the idea of faith can be fascinating. And we've seen that twice recently. Yeah, yeah, both in Devil All the Time and then also in St. Maud and kind of what, (laughs) what can real life humans be brought to because of blind faith and i love that as a concept in genre so i'm so happy he's leaning into that i think that's fantastic um so yeah like i say only six weeks away cannot wait for this one um, i'm really glad that it's not out in the absolute madness that is halloween this year um you know it's a yeah, little, bit before. A little bit time like there's a, yeah there's a chance we can dedicate some actual time to it on the podcast and you know not have to worry about it kind of overlapping with other things and so yeah i think mm. it's a good time exactly yeah because this 100 percent deserves it so yeah cannot wait for this one um next up we have just a few uh quick notes regarding some pretty spectacular uh 4k releases um Damn. coming by the end of the year so again a couple of these we've definitely touched upon in the news before but it's nice to see them confirmed the first one of course is scream um which we talked about the rumors always end up to be true um but it has now got the full breakdown as well as a nice little trailer that i watched earlier on um and yeah this is in celebration of the 25th anniversary of scream uh coming to 4k ultra hd for the very first time um october 19th um so just around the corner um and it's funny because they also added the one thing that i asked for which was a a one new new retrospective um called a bloody legacy scream 25 years later and it is apparently featuring both the core cast of the original movies as well as new cast members and the new directors involved um so i do think that's a real interesting thing to be like that's really fascinating that this is going to come out you know over three months um ahead of the new scream movie and i wonder how much will be in there for the hardcore so um yeah, look out for that one. Like I say, there's the there's the usual kind of features that have that have been on previous releases as well. Um, but yeah, this is a great one, man. Like Scream needs to be on 4K. So this is this oh, is yeah. fantastic news. We we don't get this in the UK though, do we? I'm not too sure. Like I'm not mm. really going to mention it because I don't know. I I assume mm. these first two we talk about we will. Um, but yeah, like in terms of when they do the whole hype, you know, uh, you can pre-order it now. All I ever see is American retailers. Yeah. Um, I hope so. Like, like... I, I, like, I might pick this one up, like, the more I think about it. And, like, I think mm. that retrospective in particular kind of tips me over the edge. Where it, it would gives, me, my mind gives me something enough, something enough new yeah. to kind of mean that, like, I, I want to pick it up. Yeah. 
Um, I don't think these are from like I I don't I can't remember the label that this is attached to, but it's not like one of those you know boutique labels, um, you know like a Scream Factory or an Arrow. So I would imagine it is worldwide. Um, but yeah, yeah, once again, we'll try and let you guys know. Um, the next one again, this was kind of I think we talked about um a while ago, but an- another 4K of a movie which is also celebrating its 25th anniversary, which to me is wild to think that these two movies came out in the same year because they're so vastly different. Um, but it's the fantastic. From Dust Till Dawn um, will also be getting a 4K release um, the week after on October 26. Um, and yeah, I saw Robert uh, Rodriguez was talking about this at the start of the year that he had overseen it, um, which is fantastic news. Um, and yeah, another one of the all time classics available on 4K, which is great news. Um, yes. And then lastly, this is a very weird one because I saw this one earlier today and I was like, oh, I'll throw that in there as well. And this one I definitely only saw for US at the minute, um, which is Free From Hell is also coming to 4K later this year. Um... So uh, September 28th for this one. So just before the other two. Um, and again, I was only seeing this as kind of I don't know why the Rob's way. movie should look that clean. To be honest, <laughs> yeah. like I sometimes feel dirty getting them on Blu-ray. Like I feel like they should be on DVD bootleg. Yeah, um, that is a good point, because that's like the House of a Thousand Corpses, where I'm like, oh, why isn't there a sick Blu-ray? And I'm like, I don't need it. Like the, the even yeah. the DVD feels a bit too clean at times. Yeah, um, exactly. But uh, yeah, it's it's still great news. Um, and oh, yeah, there is there is a like really nice looking steel book with like brand new commissioned artwork, um, which is available at Best Buy in the US. Um, so yeah, these are all fantastic releases, man. I'm like, my God, there's just so many nice 4Ks. Like I want all three of these. <laughs> um, but yeah, that is pretty much it for the news this week. Uh, shall we talk about this week's film? Let's do it. Let's talk about Fear Street Part Three, sixteen sixty six. So yeah, the kind of the conclusion to the trilogy. Um, obviously, we had a little break, but these were released consecutively on Netflix. Um, mm-hmm. So this has been out for about a month at this point. So I'm sure most people would have seen it by now if you were interested in these movies. Um, and I guess up front, you know, when we do our discussion, obviously we won't be spoiling this movie. Um, if we do, we'll throw up a warning. But I guess previous spoilers are fine for the previous two films. Pretty That's normally much. how we do it. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think we have to, really, don't we? Um, yeah. Because we have to kind of pick up where part two leaves yeah. us, and part two leaves us kind of where part one does, because I think kind of um, the the movies are kind of this real, you know, fascinating kind of thing that's happened over these three weeks, where mm. um, we have these three parts of a movie, each one set in a certain time period, but 1994 is the through crux of the storyline kind Mm. of the first movie was dina's story in 1994 that doesn't have a conclusion we pick up kind of um part two with kind of continuing that journey in 1994 briefly and then kind of getting the most of the movie in 1978 and kind of weirdly enough at the end of part two we go back to 94 and end (laughs) up setting up being in 1666 so it's kind of like this whole through thing with kind of dina and her story being the driving force and kind of um you know the strange thing about 1666 kind of part three is um dina is now sarah fear 
she's kind of um we see it at the beginning sorry at the end of part two she kind of has this flashback where she has found herself in the body of Sarah Fair and we're now kind of um picking up part three we're, we're in 1666 Dina is Sarah Fair and kind of her brother and and everyone around her um her girlfriend what's her name I can't remember it now oh god um, uh, I was going to say Ziggy, that was the other character. No, is it Kate? No, Samantha not... or something. Was it Sam or something? Or yeah, Sam. Is it? I think it's yeah, Sam. Sam. Um, yeah, Sam is kind of there, and everyone, everyone's there anyway. And I think kind of, um, it is kind of quite. I, I never really understood what they were going for there. Whether it was just the fact that we're in Sarah's mind having this flashback mm. that everyone looks like these characters, or is it that all of these characters are now reincarnations? Um, you know, in, in, you know, every, you know, this is just them in 1666 and we've now seen them reincarnated in 94. Like it's kind of strange, but, um, it was confusing, wasn't it? Cause it, it was, was that kind of like that American horror story thing. Of yeah. like, you assume us as the audience are supposed to just think, oh, well, it's fine because, you know, we like these actors. So we'd have seen yeah, them play different like characters, cool. but, um, but when you actually think about it in terms of the characters, hmm. like you say, because we've gone into this time period through the point of view of Dina, I was very confused as to like, wait, does Dina see all of these characters as the people we've seen, or are they just complete? And does she is she still aware that she's Dina at this point, or does she fully believe she's yeah. Sarah? Like exactly. that was very confusing. I thought that was strange, and and that didn't work. Mm. Um, but I very quickly accepted it and was fine with it. Um, and because because yeah, you know, with American Horror Story, it earns those new characters because it's a fresh restart, it's a new season, and everything else. Whereas like. Ultimately, we know, um, I think going into part three, we know that at some point we are going to be rejoined to, to Dina in 94. Like in some respect, like whether it's at the start of this film or whether it's at the end of this film, whether it's five minutes, like mm. we, we have to see Dina at 94. Like it's not going to end yeah. in 1666. Um, and so we're going to see Dina again. And we know that Dina has her brother, has Sam, has um what the hell's her name the the other woman that she's picked up now from oh from ziggy. ziggy thank you yeah she's picked up ziggy like we know we're going to see these characters again and so like it's 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 strange but like i say i kind of accepted it quite quickly um mm. and yeah basically picking up kind of where we're at in 1666 kind of sarah fear is kind of um living and on this you know in this kind of very um religious kind of traditional um old town and is developing i don't know what the sam's character whether she's still just called sam or what she's called but basically um dina and sam's relationship gets rekindled in 1666 as seraphir and kind of as part of that they start to get outcast and the village at the same time seems to be kind of suffering this curse of kind of the devil witchcraft whatever you want to call it and kind of um the movie really is kind of sarah uh you know trying to figure out what's actually going on and kind of everyone blaming them on witchcraft and, and what their their actions have caused everything that's gone on and i think kind of you know it's it's strange, really, when I watch this part three in the, I think, kind of the 1666 stuff was quite predictable, but still took quite a long time to get there because we know what happens to Sarah Fair. Like, we know um, that she's tried as a witch and, and dies that way. And, like, 
yes, we do get a, some plot reveals and some important points that I'll keep to one side. But like, I don't, I don't think, you know, it's a weird franchise when we kind of look at it overall. When we have two movies now, we're 1978, we kind of know who lives and who dies. Um, and there was a question mark over which character was who. But, you know, and now we're we're back in 1666 and it's kind of like, well, we know what happens here, but we're going to see it played out. And I think kind of um, it's this whole this whole trilogy as a whole is such a strange thing, really. I guess I'm going into my thoughts on it um, where I, I I think it's just really great what they've done. And I think the the franchise and the three movie is almost greater than the sum of its parts where I think the overall story that they've built and kind of the world that they've built and everything else was super impressive. And just at times, things were so slow and it kind of, I didn't really, I I loved 1994 so much. And I think kind of like when I was in 78 and now I'm in 66, I kind of knew what was happening and just wanted to get to the stuff that I didn't know. And I wanted to get to 94. and see more of that. And I think that's kind of its biggest problem. But overall, when I see 78 and I now have seen 66, I think they add really great parts to the story and and make 94 better, make the weight behind it better and kind of make me understand Fear Street and everything else better. Mm. Um, So it's kind of, you know, it's a real, real strange thing where I think overall it really needs to be given applause, but I think it has to be looked at as a, as a trilogy. I think kind of in particular for me, this is a standalone movie. If I just look at the 66 part, I knew what was going to happen pretty much. And it just took a while to get there, but still there was some, you know, good parts to it. I think as well, they, we spoke about um, how in the, in the kind of, that they, they sometimes have shied away from violence and it takes quite a while to get there. I think one scene in this that happens in a church, I could not believe they kind yeah. of did what they did. It was, like, we've spoken about it in recent podcasts about films that just can't do that sort of thing and you, you can't do that. And, and like, I just couldn't believe it. And it was, it was really horrific and very difficult to look at. Um, and I think kind of um, the, the show did this throughout where it had some really great you know scenes of horror and some crazy stuff you know the first movie had some crazy kills the second movie had a really kind of bloodbath ending and kind of some great stuff going on and and like this one does the same and and yeah like i say when i start thinking about the trilogy as a whole i kind of have a lot more positivity than negativity i just find that it probably was a bit long in the tooth as a whole and kind of in particular when we got these flashback bits i kind of I almost feel like it might have been better as the trilogy not being tethered to these to these dates so much, and we got more of seventy eight and more of sixty six in the preceding two movies, mm. and got less of ninety four in the first movie, and kind of had it a little bit more disjointed that way, and having and kind of seeing those things a bit more because I do feel like the the step away from ninety four, and not just because I like ninety four more, but just because. Um, I knew what was happening. And like I say, in particular with this, I really did know what was happening uh, for most of it. Um, and, and yes, we got some, you know, we, we're ultimately trying to find out the, the story of Sierra Fair and all we know is the legend. But but because we know the legend, we know the bones of what happens to her, so to speak. Um, 
but yeah, I think overall, just going back to the, the standalone movie, I still really enjoyed it. And I think kind of the ending in particular was very strong. I had I had a real good time kind of with, with the with the final kind of 20 minutes or so of this movie that I won't go into, but I thought it was, it really capped things off, um, reminded me why I really like this franchise and, and this kind of trilogy and kind of when it was done, I just thought, like I said, that after seeing it all, it the third movie makes the other two movies better and, and they all make each other better. And I think as, like I said, they're greater than the sum of their parts. And um, if I, if I had to just watch one, I would probably be watching the first one more than anything, but I still, I still think the other two really add to it and, and adds to the first one as well. And I think when we talk about sequels and we talk about like quiet place and we've talked about these other ones that are great sequels, I think sequels make the first movie look better when they're really good sequels. And when they're bad sequels, they make you not want to watch the first movie again. Mm. You know, and we have a happy death day scenario. And like, this definitely goes more of the way of a quiet place where like, I like the first movie more having now seen the other two. And and I feel, I feel that way about, you know, when they are good franchises and done a real good job. And and the fact that this came out over three weeks, is just kind of mind boggling really. And just this crazy experiment that overall I think worked. Mm. Yeah. I pretty much agree a lot with what you're saying about the overall trilogy. Um, but yeah, to talk just specifically about this one first um, and also like, we will talk spoiler-ish soon because you mentioned yeah. about how most of this movie is 1666. Obviously, they had to go back to 94. Um, I want to specifically talk about how they do that because I thought that was really cool. Um, yeah. But to just cover this movie for now, yeah, it was. I'm pretty much agree with you that like where we left off the story and going into 16, uh, 1666, like I was pretty nervous because you know the other time period spoke to me way more than like a period film ever will um and so like already knowing that and expecting that with the title i was kind of like oh i hope this is like not cringy or boring or anything and it was it was just fine like i thought it was a totally passable period horror movie mm. where like you say it was it had some cool moments the characters were decent there was some really good moments of horror in there that i've really appreciated but I was completely with you that like even the quote unquote revelations that they try and get to felt quite obvious, um, yeah. especially because they're not even trying to necessarily trick you because like I say, you've had two movies at this point. So I felt like I already had a fairly good grasp on the story. Um, and it was just like, oh man, we I really want to get back to these characters where we've had yeah. all of this time now. We've already spent all of 1978. Yeah. Tina play Sarah. Well, that in particular, I had a big problem with because to me, that completely made me disconnect from who Sarah was as a character. And I actually think that everyone else was fine um, bringing back the cast from the two previous movies. But that was the one that was so off putting to me because I was like, I love the character Dina and what we've seen in 94. And now seeing the same actor play someone completely different in Sarah, it was very confusing to me, especially with how similar a lot of the traits were between the two characters which again i'm sure is like intentional but it was very confusing to me of like oh you're just kind of retelling the story of 94 but now in 1666 but not as cool because it's, i don't like a period movie as much as i like a horror movie set in the 90s so it was a bit off-putting and to be honest when we got to the point when the movie flipped and we were back, I like the relief that washed over my, oh my entire God. body <laughs> where I was just like, thank God. And I know we're kind of into that now, but like I 
literally paused it at that moment um because yeah like this is vaguely spoilery i guess but it's quite a far way into the movie it's like over an hour into the movie Mm -hmm. um and i and i knew that the movie's fairly long you know we had at least 45 minutes left and i paused it and just walked away from it because i was so happy and i wanted to enjoy it that i didn't want the kind of frustrations that i'd had of 1660 let's say i didn't hate it we're good now we're good yeah i just i needed to just get it over with um that is almost like a tv problem you have sometimes when you have these flashback episodes of tv shows where you're like listen i get it at the end of this episode i'll know more about this world and this characters and i'll be better for it but in the moment i'm just not enjoying this um and that's exactly how i felt and i do think there's a lot of tv type problems that 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 show up here in this trilogy which we'll get to um definitely you know extrapolating content is one of them and stretching things rather thinly um but once we got to 1994 and then i watched it the next day and sat down i was so excited and i loved the last whatever 45 minutes of this movie mm. like it was exactly what i wanted um picking things up back in 1994 and i thought it was it was on par or even better than part one like that ending because of like you say i have all of the context of all the characters now i cared about them even more they've yeah. teased me for so long with these um uh you know so invested at this point and just visually the way it looked with the use of neon colors i thought was great and just all of the characters are fantastic it was it was so unnecessary as well there's no need to add neon to it but it looked fantastic (laughs) no and i I love that because we've talked about that in the past how a lot of these shows use like certain advertising and marketing that just isn't in line with what the actual product is in the slightest and they lent into that with the marketing with the with the bright green and pink neon and stuff and i'm so thankful that that did actually play a role in this movie um and like i say i thought it looked awesome um you know i love that in like the guest when he used a lot of the neon colors and stuff and to me it just totally worked i'm such a fan of that um but yeah loved the way it ended loved all that finale and like i say by the time this movie ended and then looking back on the trilogy i can't help but look back with it with great fondness because like it provided me with so much joy and entertainment across the three films um yes there were problems like we've discussed when we've gone in depth on all three of these movies now you know certain side characters in part two spent way too long with you know wasn't a biggest fan of the period stuff in this film but like the overall and you hit the nail on the head like and this is what shocked me uh, you know that i didn't expect going into this was you almost feel like this is going to be like an anthology because of the fact that it's like oh it's free movies and they you know they date them with these very distinct time periods and stuff so you're thinking to yourself okay this is probably going to be three different stories but like the overall you know shady side sunny veil will be the crux of it but ultimately that's not what this is this is a core story based upon a core set of characters that has just happened to be told in a certain way um and so this isn't really like i mean it's definitely not an anthology you know this is one core story that just happened to be told like a trilogy um and i'm completely with you that i think the uh way they released this whilst i think is really cool because we've not really seen this done before i think certain edits certain stuff left out i think two movies this would have worked so much better and i think not tying it to those periods like i say you could have had part one would have been mostly 94 slash 78 and then this movie would have been you know some 66 and then back in 94 and i just i think that would have worked a lot better um because ultimately we ended up spending so much time on things that especially when i think back to 78 which again i did like 
but like even 1666 that stuff mattered so much in the grand Mm. scheme of the story and ultimately gave dina the revelations needed to finish this story and, and and you know which was great but 78 didn't really add much to the overall kind of canon and law well, of sarah what it, what it really did was add to ziggy and goods characters mm. and kind of it made me think that they would play a much larger part of the overall finale and i mm. think kind of um you know try not to go into spoiler territory but like i thought you know there was going to be more happen there and then especially with ziggy kind of her character just is kind of there like like the brother really and kind yeah. of is less involved and i thought Seeing as there's a whole movie about her character development, I thought she'd play a bigger part in the overall finale. And, you know, I don't really have complaints about the finale, but it does lead to the question is why did we spend so much time in 78? Mm. Um, I almost felt like yeah. oh, it's, it's kind of difficult, I guess, not to talk about spoilers. We might have to get mm. to them sooner rather than later. But yeah, like yeah. Uh, like I say, overall, this movie I did really, really enjoy, even though mm. the first hour wasn't great. But the, the 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 last, you know, the latter 45 minutes was just so strong. It might have even been my favorite thing in this whole trilogy. And we speak about this time and time again, that like, mm. well, if something ends strongly, you're always going to have a more positive thought on it. And then looking at this trilogy as a, a, overall, like I really, really enjoyed it. And like i said i think it's way more hits than misses i think this is definitely one of the most cooler more interesting things i've seen this year especially on netflix um and like i say it is difficult when you try and split them up because yeah i i probably still did prefer part one overall but kind of part three was just so satisfying and really was that great sequel and great conclusion to that story that i wanted that like I have such fondness for this movie now, but it's weird because I would never want to watch that 1666 stuff again is the, no. is my issue. Um, so it's very difficult when you try and break it up. Like I say, I don't really think you can. You kind of have to look at this like as just one, I mean, as one complete story. I mean, it's interesting because you I talked about to. how I thought it would prefer to be two movies. And like I've always considered kill bill just one film you know yeah. quentin does that's that was the whole intention and i've never once when i rank his movies ever think about separating them i think it's absolutely ridiculous if anyone tries to separate volumes one and two um because it's one story and so this is similar and i do think i almost wish that it wasn't this obsession with trilogies these days the like yeah. i get it especially with horror movies but even stuff like the hobbit is like a prime example of like yeah. man that could have just been two movies two like really why did you switch it? And, you know you look at but but like you say when you look at this overall now like you look at how long we've been doing the podcast how many trilogies of movies have we got to see Mm. um you know like we've seen hell house come through and give us some really strong movies you know trilogy of movies but like we haven't seen many no and like and we definitely haven't seen many that are better than this and we got it over the span of three weeks Mm. um so you know that's crazy you know when you think like even if we talk about like you know the conjuring movies and we got to see two really great conjuring movies we got to see two really great quiet place movies you know but they're 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 spanning years yeah um you know this is this is a really strong franchise that has suddenly appeared in three weeks um which is which is pretty cool 
Yeah, and comparing um, it to the Netflix stuff as well in particular, I'm like, ooh. this is definitely one of my favorite things Netflix have put out. You know, it's like, yeah. it's not the the S tier, it's not the Black Mirror or Stranger Things or Hill House, but it's like, no. it, it's better than a lot of the stuff we see on there, I think. And it's yeah. only one step down. And I do think going forward is interesting because this seemed to have been very popular. A lot of people mm. watched it. I think it's most people enjoyed it. Yeah, which is great because I do think this deserves this level of coverage. You know, we talk a lot about when certain and movies get that mainstream lens that ne- that don't necessarily deserve it at times and they're a poor reflection of the genre whereas i'm happy that this got the the credit that it deserved but i wonder going forward because they have talked about like yeah this is a universe and we see other stories to be told and it would be, it really wouldn't surprise me if they just greenlit like an eight episode miniseries after this you know mm. and that i do think there is more to this like you say this is Fear Street is an existing IP, but as we've discussed when we looked it up, it's kind of interesting how they are using that as just a name brand alone. Like, this isn't really based upon any specific stories, as far as I'm aware. Like, this is all, like, original stuff, especially with the way they use the timelines. Um, So I think these people that made this, you know, whoever the creators slash writers were, I know it had the same director for all three episodes, which was good. Um, I think they're very talented and I definitely would hope Netflix would want to see more from them, regardless of what that is. Um, But yeah, um, we did actually have um, an email this week uh, from Cody talking about these movies. Um, Of course, if you want to get in touch, uh, the links are in the description. Um, But he said, uh, Dear Super Horror Bros and MASH, um, I hope you enjoyed Fear Street 1666. Uh, For me, I thought it was the second best out of the trilogy, just shy of being the first, and placed it behind 1994. Um, Initially, I thought 78 was best, and then I saw this film and how it tied all the three of them together, and it got me thinking about the movies, and that's why my ranking changed. Um, The first movie made great homages to horror movies of the 90s, uh, while the second movie was great and helped piece it all together, but it's significance was only strengthened with the help of the third film i feel like after seeing all of these the final film does the second film more justice um because it delved more into the law and i feel like some of that could have been sprinkled into 78 to help it stand out a bit more um and 1666 sort of steals some of that uh, limelight from 78 with its reveals and such um overall i love this series and would love to see more um yeah we seem to be pretty much in uh, agreement with you there cody it sounded a lot like our review <laughs> yeah because th- that's pretty much what we're saying is like it's you know there are clear highs and lows to this franchise but i do think when you look at it as some of all parts it is one of those things where and i've talked about this a lot with like mcu stuff of like i don't really think you know yeah, th- like you know there are, or whatever. Yeah, yeah exactly there are movies that i don't like but they add to the overall experience so then when you see an mcu movie that hits you're like oh thank god i saw that movie and i do think obviously it's to not like that extent nothing in the history of entertainment ever has done that and probably will do that but like this is a cool little horror version of that and i do like the idea of i mean we didn't really talk about it but like the but the use of the horror killers in this is so mm. cool and i think that's why i love the finale for part three so much was just seeing them all on screen together interacting in these really cool gruesome ways and like I say with visually how impressive that was like i fucking loved it man i really oh. really really couldn't uh, like one of my favorite endings to a movie this year was like the final 30 minutes of this movie i thought they absolutely yeah, knocked I'm, out the park i think i'm gonna have to watch it again just like yeah. the <laughs> um you know the 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 finale of 94 yeah um because it really was a, a really great ending for sure um but yeah thank you very much for that one cody um 
that's pretty much it i guess talking about fear street i guess obviously recommendations um i would highly recommend this like I say there are low points um but they aren't that low let's be honest like compared to most things like this doesn't ever get below probably a six out of ten and i think no. it easily averages between an eight or a nine and i think like i say overall had a great time with this the fact that you're already saying that you want to revisit this like trilogy of films that we've only seen in the past month i oh. think i think speaks volumes for how strong this is um and it really nails a lot of individual elements of like the killers are great the characters are great really the deaths horror. are fantastic mm. yeah like there's just fantastic use of different types of horror tropes um and i'll always remember how great that opening was as well where i was like man this is like as good as some of the best stuff we've seen yeah, that there isn't are certain standouts across this trilogy where the opening of the first movie was incredible mm. um you know the killers in the first movie the the way that Ziggy kind of, um, you know, that that kind of final battle, and, mm. and especially when it was kind of the, the two the two sisters and with the killers, I thought that was really powerful, and that imagery was really up there. And then, you know, the third movie, the, the scene in that church was just like that will be just like, you know, just in my brain, like it mm. was it was truly horrific, and and I think kind of you know those moments will be in my mind when we get to year end and this this mm. this this franchise is delivered on all fronts for that you know 100%. i think dean is dina's performance and over the over the movies you know that will be up there as well when we get to year end and you know i think i think that will be all, all you know all really strong things for this franchise so yeah i, I think it's a no-brainer i think it's a big time commitment um but there are so many things that are a larger waste of time in particular on Netflix. And this is mm. a great use of that time. So, so yeah, for me, it's a no brainer. Yeah. This is like a massive win for Netflix. Like I feel like if you've already seen the big heavy hitters that we always discuss time and time again, like obviously at this point you should have hopefully seen, you know, Hill house and stranger things mm. and all these shows, but this is like, definitely one of the best if you look at some of the stuff on the platform you're like oh should i give you know lock and key a go or should i give sabrina a go or all these other different you know vaguely horror things because there's so much on there in terms of horror based stuff at this point um yeah i couldn't recommend this anymore for sure um but yeah that was our discussion on the final fair street movie uh, we will take a short break and we will be right back So yeah, to finish us off this week, um, we need to talk about some TV because it's been a while. Oh yeah, because there's a lot coming um, in, in you know in the near future. Um, but there is a fact to show, um, which is very hard to watch right now. <laughs> um, but we have so managed to, to see it. Right um, is American Horror Stories um, kind mm -hmm. of brand new take for the show? Obviously, ten seasons of the normal show, but this is their new spin-off um self-contained stories to some extent which we'll get into they might have already broke uh -huh. that rule um yeah, and yeah kind of each week you know a couple of familiar faces potentially showing up but ultimately it is just an anthology show um uh -huh. with each week being very different and um I've, I've seen the first five now i don't know how, have you, how many have you seen at this point i watched the first three still okay um yeah, yeah. so yeah, I really specifically want to talk about the first two to begin mm -hmm. with, um, because I've been sitting on this for a while. Um, mm -hmm. 
my god i was frustrated when i sat down to watch this i was really excited um when we were covering this in the news this was about a month ago because i'd seen it a couple of days after it that's how excited i was right. and to sit down and watch this and the immediate kind of crushing disappointment of what this ultimately is um because and there's two there's twofold first of all it's not what they advertised um i was expecting you know self-contained stories each week that aren't bogged necessarily bogged down in the kind of the lore and the characters of american horror story and i think the fact that the first episode or slash episodes which is again one of the issues i had they released the first two because it was a two-parter um <laughs> which did annoy me um but the fact that it is set and again this is like spoilers i guess for the first five minutes of the show um not getting into plot or anything just like the actual setup um this is back in murder house um which you know i love murder house season one and i think for the longest time i was clamoring for more and i think when they finally did get back to it in apocalypse and they kind of tied things together with the story and the characters and the, the loose ends and all the questions i had from murder house which is so perfectly answered like i loved apocalypse so so much um and so i'd moved on from it i really wasn't clamoring for more of it and so then when we are introduced to this again i was like okay you're going back here again i get it you're playing it incredibly safe for your new anthology show where you could literally do anything and you're deciding to do probably the most predictable thing you could do in the first episode um so that already kind of put me off on the wrong foot but i was like hey if it's good i'll enjoy it um and i didn't think it was good um i thought it was to me it felt like i was watching like a shitty remake of something that i really liked where similar in vain to when you watch these kind of english language remakes of these foreign films like martyrs or record where it's like yeah it's pretty much the same thing but it's missing that that core that soul that i appreciated about the original and that's how i really felt about this because it was i almost couldn't believe how much of a retelling of the story of murder house it was to the point where we have our our lead family is a young recently married gay couple who have bought this house to like flip it and make money which is like the exact same backstory to Zachary Quinto's character in season one. We then have like the young troubled teenage daughter um, who she, th this version in, in this show is kind of, she's like an amalgamation of the two teenage characters in season one of murder house, Evan Peters and, and, and the mm. teenage daughter. Um, but i just couldn't believe it and then we have like a psychiatrist character who's like heavily featured so again we're getting those types of scenes and i was like man of all the different stories like i don't have a problem with murder house like i love murder house but i was like you are telling such an unbelievably close story and to me it just felt like a right let's force everything that made season one good into two episodes like right we've got to have the moment when it's halloween so they can leave the house we've got to have the moment when this happens like it was almost like a, a shot for shot remake at times or a reboot but just a poorly imitated version of it and i just didn't like it at all um what did you make of specifically the first two episodes and this format <laughs> yeah it's it's strange because i think that the biggest problem i had with it was the kind of just promise that we were given and then mm. the then the complete bullshit that, that they actually <laughs> did and i think kind of um are you on about you the know, same thing as me like the format yeah, yeah just like yeah yeah the format was that these were standalone stories no attachment no cast nothing else and i'm like okay cool like i don't particularly want that for american horror story i want like what they've got like i didn't really need this as a, as a thing but i'm like okay if you've come up with these different short stories 
which I think when we get to kind of like episode three and that, it's like, okay, this is a fun little self-contained short story. And like, um, it couldn't be a season. And yeah, cool. But like, um, then to open on Murder House, I was like, it was one of these things where like I lost that expectation for a second and was just super excited to see Murder House. But then I was like, what are we doing? Like, mm. this is not what I was promised. And it's like, it's almost like they felt like it. they needed to start this new show the way they started the first show. And, you know, I think kind of when we go into my thoughts on the two part, I didn't, I didn't hate it. I can't disagree with anything you've said. Like it is a worse ripoff of season one. But season one is incredible and like this wasn't trash and it was just like not as good but it was fun to see some of these moments again um i think like i didn't you know i didn't dislike it but i just didn't love it and and the more they gave little nods especially with the psychiatrist when she was like oh there's another guy here that you know i've only got this time slot and i was like oh it just it, it was those moments that did get super cringy and i think kind of um you either had to kind of have some cameos in there or or not reference it at all. Mm. And when they started to reference things and then we got to see nothing like it, you know, any nods or anything, it was like, well, either be a standalone thing, don't be Murder House, be Murder House, but be very specific that we're not going to see these characters. But it was just kind of like a real cock tease throughout, I felt like, with, with that. And I, and, and I think that's what kind of annoyed me more than anything. I think... Um, like I said, the actual self-contained story, I didn't, I didn't mind. I, I, um, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't overly offended by it, but ultimately was just left frustrated with just getting, it, it, it wasn't fresh. I think kind of the whole, the whole thing, um, you know, I'll move, I'll move on kind of briefly to like my thought on episode three, where like, I think that needs to be an opener where it's just like, okay, this is a, this is a brand new, completely just, just, horror idea that is this self-contained one episode and clearly the people that wrote american horror story were coming up with these short ideas that couldn't be incorporated into a show so make them a fun standalone episode and now we've got a season of that content and that to me is great because i love the horror stories that these guys can create like i love the pretty much all of american horror story seasons you know like they have more wins than they have losses and in particular in recent years they've been great and i think kind of i love that you know, I love the American Horror Story as a franchise, and I think cool if you guys have got short ideas, um, then yeah, go for it. And I think looking at episode three, I really enjoyed episode three. I thought, um, I, I think I enjoyed the setup and the premise more than the execution. If I'm being mm. critical, um, this idea of this kind of um, movie that that's kind of this, um, you know, had this kind of hype behind it, and like we've spoken about it loads with our Wes Craven retrospective this kind of era of exploitation, exploitation cinema. And this is just like a real horror added twist to that when like real life things happen. And I thought that was great. And I really enjoyed the buzz of kind of um, what was going to happen and get into that drive through theater. And like, and like I said, I think as a, as a standalone one episode, it was a really great idea. And, and I was really into it. I think when things started to happen, I, yeah, like I said, I didn't fully enjoy the execution and the the kind of end of it. I thought it was just kind of like, I don't know, I, I needed the, the the horror when things kicked off just kind of felt like, you know, 28 days later, as opposed to people kind of like being crazed killers. And I kind of, I, I wanted to be 
a bit more like you know crazed killers and that sort of thing and i think mm. um but but overall i still enjoyed it and and but i i really liked the premise you know the first 10 minutes in i i, I watched it um and was super tired and i remember just like pausing it 10 minutes in and thinking oh man i am into this and then and then watching the the rest i was way less by the end of it into it than i was at that 10 minute pause mm. um but to me even you know it was still a strong episode and i think would have been as an opener even if even if i didn't absolutely love it and it wasn't 10 out of 10 i would have been like oh okay I can completely see what they're doing now. They're delivering on the promise. A standalone episode. It was really fun. I wouldn't have wanted it as a season. I can see why it's a one episode thing. And cool. These guys have got a lot of ideas. And let's see these standalone things. Um, but yeah, super confused with the return of Murder House and kind of what they did there. And and but overall, like looking at these three episodes so far, I'm still like I haven't I haven't been I haven't hated it. And and it's just. I, I don't, I don't feel like I really need it. Like I feel like I have my anthology anthology horror, and mm. um, that's cool for me. And I think American Horror Story, I like being this standalone thing each time. And the fact that we know we've got another season kind of coming soon, like I just want that. I don't yeah. really need this. And and even after episode three that I enjoyed, I still didn't. I don't. I don't feel like it. I needed it. Like, it's not filled a hole that I had. Like, a new season of proper American Horror Story is what I want. Yeah, well, thankfully, that's just around the corner. Mm. Um, but yeah, episode three for me, I didn't enjoy either. Um, I, I did like the premise. And when they said this, like, oh, it's this forbidden movie that had this screen and then caused people to go crazy. I was like, that's cool. But the actual characters I couldn't fucking stand at all. <laughs> the, all of the main characters were just dreadful to me. Like I say, going back to very briefly the first two episodes, the, my main problem was that it was just so soulless and irrelevant. But like the characters were fine. They were well acted. It was interesting. It was just a complete retelling. Um, whereas this was just like, oh, no, here's a cool, interesting original premise. Oh, all these characters are dreadful. They're super annoying. The way they're conversing with one another, I find super irritating and un un uninteresting and then yeah once all chaos went like i just didn't find it interesting it felt very just like generic zombie tv that we've seen like a million times um and once you start really getting into the plot of it, with it yeah once you really start thinking about it a bit too much especially with the way it goes at the end then it doesn't make any sense at all which I'm, i know is fine you shouldn't really overthink things but it's just like it just it's so dumb that when you're not enjoying it the dumbness stands out even more um so yeah i didn't enjoy episode three either i thought episode four was slightly better um i won't go into the next two because you haven't seen them but i would say episode four is the closest i've been to enjoying one so far um and then episode five was a complete slog i was bored out of my mind during episode five so at this point um the show has not been good at all and i wouldn't remotely recommend it to people um it's apparently it is only seven episodes um which i don't know if this is like it must be split up because i could have sworn they said this was 16 when they officially announced it but this does tie into um two more weeks and then is when um the proper american horror story double feature starts so maybe they're just taking a break and it'll come back in january or something but like at this point because there's only two more episodes i am gonna watch it um because i'm that much of a completionist but if this was like 20 episodes i'd be 
done at this point like there is nothing clinging me on and as far as the future of like american horror story i'm really gutted now because i sat here like a month ago talking about how goddamn excited i was because of the fact that we had a year without it and i was like so desperate for american horror story and this definitely has soured me now um because of how bad i found this where I'm with you. Outside of Roanoke, I've enjoyed all of American Horror Story. That is the only season that I find just completely worthless. And this, to me, is on par with that. Of like, I would be like, yeah, don't watch this. Don't watch Roanoke. Watch every other season of American Horror Story. Mm -hmm. It's that good. Um, So, yeah, it's disappointing. I was just looking as well on... um, wikipedia and so ryan murphy and brad fulchuk are kind of like the creators of american horror story they wrote the first two episodes um and then they only wrote episode seven um not the other episodes and the synopsis for episode seven is a couple dares to spend a night in one of the most infamous haunted houses so i'm like are are they going back to murder house again like come on so who knows at this point but it sucks because i hate having this much of a negative conversation but i have to just be honest like it's it is difficult to watch right now in the uk and i'll be honest with everyone you are not missing anything um if this if this doesn't come out overhead just look forward to the new season and hopefully the new season's great because like say american horror story has been fantastic the proper seasons lately um but this is just I don't even know what this is at this point. Like, it's a shame, man, because, like I say, I haven't seen anything this bad with their name on it for a long time. Um, yeah, I mean, I'll be interested to see the other episode because I'm definitely not where you are yet. Hmm. Like, I didn't, yeah. I didn't I hate like episode one and two. And, like, like I said, I, I enjoyed episode three. I think, like I said, I enjoyed the – my excitement for the first ten minutes was really high, and then it did go down. But, like, I, I still don't think this is pure trash. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, you know – it is more frustrating and just for me unnecessary you know yeah i can't i'm interested for you to watch episode four in particular because there 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 is some interesting stuff in there for sure um but yeah that is pretty much it for this week um so yeah american horror story will continue like say the new season's out in like literally two weeks which is great um and then I'm try- I have to try and remember, like, because I have all my whole release dates for films, but I'm not as clued up onto the TV shows. It's normally like when they start airing. I'm like, oh shit, there it is. Because um, I'm like, Chucky's like October, I believe, isn't it? Um, but isn't no Creep Show September, isn't it? So we we should be so, getting yeah. Creep Show pretty soon. So yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. Um, yeah. But yeah, we'll, we will be discussing that in the coming weeks. Um, but yeah, that was episode number two hundred and sixty, where we discussed uh, the finale of Fear Street. Uh, thanks for listening, as always, and we'll see you again very soon. See you later, everyone. And through my veins and travels to my head, they said, You'll die soon enough anyway, shut up, I can't. Maybe because I never could, and how could I start?